Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from not somewhere in Alaska. Today, I'm in uh, Hawaii this week, and uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And we want to thank folks that listen, watch our watch or read our show um our our uh, brand has been going gangbusters this last uh, month we've reached about i don't know close to 50 million people just in the last month and we're very excited for that if you like must read alaska don't forget to uh, donate all your donations help if you just go to mustreadalaska.com click on the right hand rail there you'll see a donation button every five bucks helps and uh, we don't live off of big foundations or uh, dark money uh, that comes from folks that usually fund newspapers in our great state. We just come from great donations from awesome freedom-loving folks like yourself uh, that donate five, ten hundred dollars at a time. But without further ado, I don't want to waste any more time. I want to welcome our guest today, who uh, is uh, a rising star in the music world. Uh, Zuby, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. How's it going, John? It's going awesome. So. Um, you are a rapper. You're from the UK, uh, but tell tell folks a little bit about um, where you grew up. Kind of help us get to know uh, you a little bit more before we dive into some music questions. Folks that are listening are, you know, primarily from Alaska, but also all over the US, and we're top uh, 200 on iTunes in the UK, Australia, and Canada. So you got a lot of folks listening to you. Awesome. Well, yeah, my name is Zuby. I'm an independent rapper, author, host of the Real Talk with Zuby podcast, public speaker and coach. A lot of people know me for a lot of different reasons, from my music to my work in the fitness world. I've written two books on fitness. A lot of people know me through my social, cultural, political commentary. So many things to different people. I was born in England. I grew up in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia, actually lived over there for about 20 years. I went to school there for a while. I also went to school in the UK for several years, did very well in school, got into Oxford University where I studied computer science. I started rapping when I was in university, released my very first album, Commercial Underground, when I was in my second year of university, when I was still in my teens. And I've been a full-time musician since 2011. So November, 2011. Um, I left my corporate job that I was doing at the time. I worked in the corporate world for three years after I graduated, and then I left, and I've been on this journey ever since. And yeah, here we are today. Nice. So tell me, what was it like, you know, making that step from, you know, you went to this very pre prestigious uh, university, you've got an amazing corporate job, and you've, you know, you made the step of, no, I'm going to do music full-time what did that look like? What, you know, did, was there a risk involved? You know, there's folks listening here that have contemplating that step before. Maybe they're contemplating it now. Uh, what are those some of those things that helped you over that hurdle to go for your dreams full time? Yeah, sure thing, man. Well, of course, there's risk involved. There's risk involved in everything that is worth doing. And it takes courage. But I would say that many things in life that are worth doing, if you really want to be successful and you want to stand out there, you're going to have to take some risk. 
So as I said, I released my first album when I was in uh, university and I put out my second one right after I graduated. And while I was working, I released one more EP. So by the time I went full-time with my music, I already had three releases out, two albums and one EP. And I had my third album already written. And so by the time I left my corporate job, it wasn't like uh, I stopped working and then I, I just started with my music. I'd already been going with my music for several years. I already had a small fan base here in the UK. I'd done lots of performances in different cities. At this stage, I sold several thousand albums off my own back just by traveling around and talking to people in different cities and selling my CDs hand to hand. Anyone who knows me in the UK through my music knows that's how it all began for me. So in early 2011, I made a very conscious decision by that by the end of that year, I was going to be a full-time musician. I didn't give myself any excuses. I just said, okay, it's January 2011. By the end of this year, that's it. I'm not doing this corporate thing anymore. I'm going to take, I'm going to do, I'm going to do whatever it takes <laughs> to become a full-time artist. And as I said, I was already making some money from my music, nothing impressive. I already had a, a small fan base, but I wasn't starting from zero. So it wasn't this sort of pipe dream of like, oh, okay, I'm going to just veer off this path and go start something completely different from scratch with no idea of what I'm doing or if anybody likes it. I was reaching a stage in my career after being there for three years where the two careers had been progressing and they were starting to clash with each other a lot. And so I had to look into my heart of hearts and decide, okay, what is it I really want to be doing? And it was a very simple answer. Um, I was one of the younger guys in the offices that I worked in. At this stage, I was in my early to mid-20s. And I was just like, honestly, in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years from now, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be working here. I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the people in my office who are that many years my senior, and I'm just like, this is not my path. This is not my calling. I've been given a very particular skill set and talent stack and set of experiences and a certain personality type that just doesn't wire me for that, even though I was good at that job. I'm a very entrepreneurial person. I'm a very creative person. I've always been creative since I was a kid. So for me, it was kind of a no-brainer. And when I left, I knew that I was leaving for good. Some people were asking, oh, you know, how long are you going to give it? Six months, 12 months, two years? I was like, you know, you don't get it. I'm out. You're like, I'm, I'm out. Peace. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. Um, I'm done. I didn't burn the bridges per se. You know, I kept all my relationships solid, but I mentally burned the bridges. Um, I think I completely deleted my CV or resume. <laughs> nice. And I was just like, I'm never needing this again. I don't plan to ever be employed in this traditional sense. Again, I started my company. I founded my own company, COM Entertainment. And yeah, I've been on a massive adventure over the past 11 years, but a lot has come from it and there's so much more that's going to come. So my life is constantly an adventure and I love it. That's awesome. Well, from the looks of it, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like you have nine albums or EPs out. Is there a specific message to your music that is resonates through all nine of those or, or, you know, as you're doing a concert, is there a specific message that you're trying to get across to folks that come out and listen to to your show. Yeah, there is, man. Absolutely. Um, my message has always been about trying to positively inspire and motivate other people. I think we live in a world which often trends towards negativity. And so much of the focus and attention is always put on things that are negative. We see this not just in the world of entertainment, but in pretty much everything, especially in the media. And when people think about a genre like hip hop and rap, 
oftentimes what it is known for, sadly, is negative messaging, right? When misogynistic lyrics, violent lyrics, promotion of drug dealing or drug use, talking about women in certain ways, very materialistic and so on, you know, gang culture. And look, that's not my life. I don't pretend to, uh, you know, be some big time drug dealer or someone who grew up gangbanging or anything like that. Like that's not my, that's not my background. So my message is about positivity, inspiration, motivation, authenticity, being honest, being true to yourself. That's not the lifestyle I live and that's not what I want to promote. So I'm not going to just talk about that stuff because it might seem popular in the short term. And I really want people to recognize their potential. Um, I'm very obsessed with the concept of potential. I often think of what the world would look like if everybody at least tried to fulfill their potential in various ways, mentally, physically, spiritually, relationally, financially, everything, right? Just got their acts together. And, you know, everybody, so many people want to be activists. People want to be activists for this and activists for that. And I'm like, man, I think the best form of activism is working on yourself and then if and when you become a parent, working on your children to inspire the same thing in them. I think that's really the best way that we can change the world in a positive sense. So I very much try to lead by example. I do a lot of different things. Um, so outside my music, of course, I write books, I do podcasts, I do public speaking and many other things. And so that that confuses some people because people expect you to just do and be one thing because that's how people see the world. But for me, it's like the the message I just put out there that what I just told you, that's the through line between everything I do. If you look at everything I do, if you look at everything I create, that is the energy that's behind it. I'm very much about trying to uplift other people, be true to myself, and then uplift other people, help them to I don't want to tell people what to think, but I want to tell people to think. I'd like to inspire people to take care, better care of their bodies. I'd like to inspire people to be more optimistic and hopeful for the future, to get their lives in order. And I think that ripples outwards, just like negativity can ripple outward. And if you're just out there and you're constantly negative and you're spreading negativity, that tends to be what comes back at you. And that's what spreads out amongst other people. But I think that the positivity radiates out there in the same way. So I do my best to be, as I would say, like optimistic, but realistic, optimistic, but realistic, positive and hopeful, but not someone who does that in a way that shies away from the things that are going wrong in the world or the things that people are concerned about and so on. But I don't want to dwell on the negative so much that Everyone just becomes a doomer and gets black pilled and thinks that, oh, you know, the, the whole world is over and everyone's <laughs> and we've really had this a lot, especially over the past couple of years. Um, yeah. You know, the past couple of years, there's just been so much doomsday negative it's doomsday messaging, man. You know, it's just it's over, right? Where this is going to kill you or that's going to kill you or the world's ending for this reason or that reason or that reason. It's like, man, if you live in the Western world, especially if you live in a modern developed country. We have so much to be grateful for. Oh, yes, yeah. thing, things, things are not perfect, right? Things are not perfect and they never will be. And we're all going to have our grievances and our annoyances and yeah. so on. And we want to address certain things. But I think it's really important to maintain that perspective and gratitude. So oh, I try yeah. to encourage people to do that as well. Yeah, I was uh, a number of years back. I was I went to Honduras on kind of like a humanitarian aid trip. And there's hundreds and hundreds of kids living in garbage dumps all over the country and thousands that you know um we would show up and 
you know, literally hundreds and hundreds of kids would, would come where we were at. No adults. They live off garbage. They wear garbage. And, uh, you know, our problems here in the U.S. and around the world where we live in industrialized countries are pretty much meaningless. Um, and those were some of the happiest kids uh, I've ever seen. You know, we're dropping off food and it's like, um, you know, Christmas just came to them. So I, I like your perspective. <laughs> Uh, yeah. we, we live in a good, we live, we do live in good times, regardless of how negative the news uh, makes it out to be. So who's been a, who's been a hero to you? You've done a lot of things. You've inspired a lot of folks. You're, you know, successful in a number of different avenues, books and music, but who's been a hero to you through all of this? Sure. Uh, number one, I always have to say my parents, my father and my mother, um, God bless them. Very, very close to them. I've got a very, very tight knit family. So, you know, I'm blessed to be in a position where I can answer that question very easily. I would say that those are always my top two, my top role models. Um, in terms of other people, I mean, man, I take inspiration from so many places and from so many people. Um, in recent years, everybody knows I'm a big fan of, of Jordan Peterson, um, but I'm a, I'm a fan and of anyone who is authentic and who is out there trying to help people and who encourages critical thinking and conversations and, and all of that, man. I mean, this is how we, I think this is how we better humanity. I think that having, that's why I think podcasts are so important. Conversations like this are so important because there's 8 billion people in this world and we all need to be able to coexist, right? We're not all going to be best friends with each other. We're not going to all going to share <laughs> the same beliefs, right? But we have to at least be able to coexist and try to understand each other and have a level of empathy and humanity and civility with each other. And I do genuinely think that there is a seed of greatness inside every human being, right? That greatness doesn't look, doesn't look the same way, right? We all have different talents. We all have different interests. We all have different abilities, but so few people really scratch the surface of what they're capable of. And I think if people are being honest, then actually they, they recognize that, right? I think most people recognize, mm, you know, if you think about it deeply, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not being and doing everything that I can and should potentially be doing. But the more that you level up, this is why I focus so much on self-empowerment and self-improvement, because the more I level up, the more other people I can help level up, the more they level up, the more that's better for the people around them. It's good for them. It's good for their families. It's good for their communities. And ultimately then it's good for your country, right? If everyone, if every single American put in an effort or for the next six months of, okay, let me, let me take on three positive habits and let me do these things uh, every day for the next six months. Transform, it would transform the country, right? It would transform the country, right? Everyone get in better shape. Everyone, um, you know, re read some books or uh, learn, learn a skill, do this, do that, right? Like, and also just put in an effort to be a you know, not to be so quick tempered, not to be so quick to fling insults at people, not to be so quick to spread negative. If, if people did that, then man, I mean, I think that's the closest we'd ever get to some type of paradise here on this earth. Um, but there's so much money and power and control in keeping people at each other's throats all the time and selling people on false narratives and not encouraging people, but discouraging them and keeping them angry and keeping them afraid and keeping them divided and so on. There's a lot of political power in that. There's even a lot of uh, economic and financial power in that and so on. And sadly, people people buy, people buy into it. Um, we all buy into it sometimes, but some people buy into it totally and wholesale. 
And then it means that they're not really in control of their life. And they feel resentful because they think that they're always being manipulated and controlled by other people, which in some, which in some ways, actually, ironically, they, they are. But it's not normally the person who they may think is controlling them or having power over them who, who actually does. But if you take that power back and you become more sovereign as an individual, then, you know, we all we, we exist in a society. We're never going to be, you know, a man is not an island. We're never going to be you know, disconnected and wouldn't want to be. But there's so much that you can do by yourself independently to just better yourself. And as I said, as a result of that, better the world. So I try to live that. I try to promote it. Um, I try to preach it. I, I just try to be someone who hopefully people can look at and be like, okay, I'm seeing what this guy's doing. I'm hearing what he's saying. Maybe I can do a little bit of that myself in my own way. That's awesome. Some some of the things, if, if somebody were to scroll on your Twitter, your Facebook, sometimes you often poke fun at the very far left with some of their philosophies around boys using girls' bathrooms and <laughs> those types of things, you know, pronouns, you know, yeah. your somebody's boyfriend having pronouns and, <laughs> and that. So talk to me a little bit about that. Do you think the left has 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 uh, gone too far and it's yes. good to poke fun at them sometimes. Yes. Yes. Because they're the humor is how you humor is how you take down humorless people, man. Um, the people who are super ultra woke. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, whether you go to the super far left end of the spectrum or the super far right end of the spectrum, you, you kind of end up with the same personality types. And one thing that's certainly there is just a complete lack of humor and inability mm -hmm. to laugh at themselves, laugh at themselves and the, ridiculousness of and absurdity of some of the things they themselves are pushing, but also just some of the funny things that are going on in the world. So, you know, I'm very careful to not attack individuals. I have a, I have a general policy that I do not attack individuals. So I will be kind with individuals, but I will be fairly brutal with something that I think is a terrible idea that's bad for society. And I'll, and I'll explain why. Um, and so, yeah, no, I definitely think it's gone too far. I've said many times that I think we're living in a general overcorrection. I think there's so many social and cultural issues which we've just overcorrected on, right? Certain things, if we were to go back 100 years ago to 1922, I think, you know, there were certain issues in your country, in my country, and so on, which were very clearly problems, right? Very clearly problems. But what's happened now is we hit a good level of fairness and kindness and equality and civility and, you know, general equal treatment under the law and so on. And now it's overcorrected. This is the problem I have with a lot of, you know, people who, who call themselves progressives is that they've become regressive in what they're doing, right? So they started out being, take, take, take the concept of racism, right? You go back a hundred years ago, there was lots of racism, black people being discriminated against and so on, you know, actual white supremacy in a country like the USA, right? People in Congress, governors, and so on, who are literally parts of the KKK and so on, right? Which is sort of crazy concept to even think of now. And then through, you know, civil rights movement, and then, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, early thousands, it's like, crow, we got to a point where, you know what, this skin color, obsessing over skin color is, 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 is stupid, right? Like, why are we, why, it's wrong to judge people based on their skin color. And now, it's overcorrected in the last few years to the point of like, oh no, it's okay to, it's okay. No, in fact, we should, it's good to judge people on their skin color, right? As long as you're doing it in this woke way. And as if you're being racist, <laughs> it's okay to be racist towards white people. In fact, you can't be racist towards white people, right? You can't. And it's just like, 
what on earth, you know, you've just gone and you've overcorrected to the point where you've become the thing that you claim to be against, right? You claim to be against inequality and against discrimination and against bigotry and so on. And then you overcorrect to the point where the shoe's just on the other foot and you're being all these things that you so that you claim to be against but you think it's okay because it's going in the opposite direction and you know they'll try to use all their fluffy intellectual language about privilege and power and power structures and hierarchies and whatever to make it sound okay but you know my philosophy is simple like treat people kindly don't 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 be a jerk and um you know don't don't judge people based on their immutable characteristics <laughs> and we will we will all get on okay Okay, my last question here for this, or before we talk about where folks can get your music, is this Zuby. I believe you were on the Joe Rogan experience a while back. Talk to us a little bit about that. Our our listeners and viewers are big fans of Joe Rogan. Just yeah. kind of give us a peek behind the curtains of a of what what it's like to go on the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, sure, man. I mean, I've actually been on it twice now. So the first time was in September, September 2021. Sorry, September 2019. And the second time, I think, was August 2021. So Joe's a great guy, man. He's exactly the same in real life as he is on the show. The first time I went on there, it was very surreal because I've been listening to and watching the show for a while. So to actually be there in the room and he's just sitting across from me and Jamie is over there. And I'm like, well, this is weird because <laughs> I'm used to I'm used to looking at this on my on my phone screen or on my computer screen. And suddenly I'm in the room. And I, first time I was in L.A., the second time was in Austin. But it was a it was a great experience, man. Um, he's a good dude. I um, I would not say a negative word about that man. I think what he's doing, what he's building, is incredibly inspirational, and I think incredibly important and valuable. Um, I think it's good that he is one of the most listened to people in the entire world because he's intellectually curious. He is honest. He has real in depth conversations. He's not just there trying to shut everybody down. And I think that's a great example. Um, you know, we're not getting that example from politicians. We're not getting that example from people in the traditional media and so on. So it's down to podcasters and <laughs> YouTubers and general individual citizens to sort of lay out that example. And I think he's doing that in a fantastic way. That's awesome. So um, tell folks, where can we find your music, your books? Um, what's the easiest way to, you know, if somebody's listening to this and maybe they've heard you for the first time and they're like, I got to go buy this guy's music. This guy <laughs> sounds awesome. Where can they go find it? Yeah, sure. Uh, if you go to teamzuby.com, that's teamzuby.com, then I've actually just launched the new version of the website. So all of my music, merchandise, and books are available right there. If you prefer, you can also get my music on iTunes and Spotify and Deezer, title, all the usual download stores, just search for Zuby. And you can follow me on all social media at Zuby Music, Z-U-B-Y Music. Awesome. Well, do you have any last minute thoughts for us, Zuby, before we take off here? Uh, no, I would just say as well, I've got my, my uh, children's book out as well. Children's book, if you've got kids and you want to get a cool rhyming book for them, that's all about health, fitness, and taking care of your body, then that's available at bravebooks.com. Um, and yeah, that's it. Teamzuby.com for everything else. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Zuby, for joining us on the Must Read Alaska show. And for folks listening in, you're going to, if you just caught the tail end of this, you're going to want to go back and listen to the whole thing. We'll put the links in the uh, in the description of the uh, podcast so folks can just quickly go to the website 
And until next time, I'm John Quick signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Hope everybody have a, has a great day. Thanks, Zuby. Appreciate it.